On this episode, I talk with Thackerville coach Mark Barrett. Coach Barrett has spent time at Hilton, Wayne, Carnegie, and is currently at Thackerville as head baseball coach and assistant football coach. I've known Coach Barrett for a few years now, and the thing that always sticks with me is that he will always find me to make sure to say hello and have a little coach talk. Now we get to do it on here. Here's my conversation with Coach Mark Barrett. Coach, thanks for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to holler at me a little bit. Hey, I appreciate it and uh, looking forward to it and uh, glad to visit with you, Coach. Uh, no problem, no problem. Now, by the time this comes out, it'll be, you know, September, but when we're recording it, it's, you know, July and it's summer vacation time. I saw uh, you guys had pretty good vacation this year. Yeah, we had a little break. Uh, we we, we kind of gave the boys uh, the month of June off because, uh, you know, I had spring baseball, or I'm sorry, uh, summer baseball games with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also gave them an opportunity to go to some basketball camps and everything. And uh, once we finished our summer baseball uh, games, I, I even took a, a few days off and traveled up uh, with uh, two of my grandkids and went to Michigan to see my son. He works up there. and. Oh. So yeah, we we made some stops in St. Louis and Chicago and uh, you know Nashville and on the way back home and just just kind of had a road trip, nothing planned, just got in the car and drove and something looked interesting, we checked it out and yeah, if yeah. it didn't, we just kept going down the road. So. Yeah, that's the best way. That's kind of how we do our vacations too. We we a couple of years ago, my son was uh, my oldest son was doing uh, FCCLA and he would get to go. To, he went to Georgia, He went to Atlanta one year. And then the next year he went to Anaheim and we kind of made a trip out of it, you know, just oh, kind of yeah. stopping. Yeah. Now we're trying to go to every state, you know. Yeah. And you said Michigan, and that's one of the ones. I think I would probably be the only one that want to go to Michigan because for some <laughs> reason my whole life I've always been a big Michigan Wolverine fan. I don't know uh, why. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. But yeah. I've just always liked Michigan. And when you said Michigan, I was like, oh, yeah, the big house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be the well, one. I've place. always been a you know big Detroit Lions fan, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, back when Barry Sanders played. And so uh, just to get the opportunity to go and walk downtown Detroit and uh, be right there at Ford Field where they play now and uh, everything was, was, was a neat little trip. Yeah. Uh, I think my two grandkids will do a little more research on their geography next time i ask them if they want to go somewhere because (laughs) you know they were thinking what maybe four or five hour road trip didn't Mm -hmm. realize it was 16 hours so (laughs) yeah yeah i don't think i don't think it gets any better the older they get you know they they just uh i know i don't know how many times we heard we went to memphis this past year i don't know how many times i heard we almost there oh my goodness oh yeah and that don't don't do that stereotypical thing (laughs) just turn the music up now, no, I, yeah. Now, going into this season, um, what's kind of like? I mean, you've done this quite a few summers, you know, getting ready for the upcoming seasons. What's kind of like the anticipation do you feel kind of going into a football season? Like this. Yeah, kinda, I've done this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, this will be my thirty-fifth summer going in. You know, summer, uh, summer pride and. Uh, uh, the feeling is uh, excitement. Uh, the kids mm-hmm. know that uh, we've got an excellent chance to uh, maybe be one of the top two or three teams in our district and uh, maybe compete for that district title, which, you know, it's been a while since Thackerville has had the opportunity to do. And uh, like I said, we gave the kids most of June off and uh, gave them time to do some things and to be a kid for mm-hmm. a change. And 
yeah. uh, just just enjoy their summer. And then we, you know, we started back last Monday, and we've been averaging about uh, uh, sixteen to eighteen to twenty kids, you know, yeah, for our numbers. workouts, and and put in a new weight program. And uh, boy, they just took to it real, uh, really well, and uh, having a good time. And you know, and we told them that uh, you know, here in a couple of weeks, you're going to start seeing some results from it, and that's going to make it even more exciting for them to get in there and work a lot harder. Yeah, I always kind of feel like that's the the hardest part is getting them in there initially. You know, kind of get them out of that freon poisoning that they've been experiencing for the majority of the summer, and actually mm-hmm. get them to working out. But like you said, once once they get to doing it and seeing, hey, you know, I'm putting some work in, I'm seeing the results, it kind of catches on. You know. Yes, it really does. And you know, and I I told them I said, hey, you know, I'm going to jump in there with you. And you know, the coaches we've been jumping in there and lifting some with them, and uh, I think that just kind of motivates them a little more. And you know, when they see a uh, an old man like me and they're lifting they're like hey i'm not gonna let coach barrett outlift me so you know <laughs> there you go. and uh you know and and uh, coach wolf and coach uh, mccage you know they're jumping in there and, and doing some lifting so i, I really think it, it motivates the kids when they see the coaches that are willing to work with you know work out with them too so yeah do you think that summer workouts are kind of a undervalued thing when it comes to football especially i guess probably all sports but you know football is the most immediate one do you feel like how how important do you feel like summer workouts are no i feel like anymore uh in order to be able to compete with good programs you have to do that and mm-hmm. uh you know i know back in the day when i played you know in the late 70s and and then started coaching in the early 80s it you know we didn't have these big summer pride workout uh, mm-hmm. programs because you know i remember my kids my boys asking me hey dad what you know what was your summer pride like what did y'all, what did y'all lift and i said well basically my summer pride workouts consisted of lifting about sixty thousand bale of hay <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. you know and that's a full body workout right there mm-hmm. and you know and that's what us old country boys from walika and uh, you know surrounding areas you know did was that we we worked in the hay fields or watermelon patches all summer and mm-hmm. and that was kind of our workout but you know then you jump into the mid 90s and late 90s and you know everybody started opening up the weight rooms in the summer and and you could tell those programs who did it uh you know day in day out and was consistently winning so everybody kind of jumped on that that bandwagon too and and so anymore to compete i think you have to do that yeah yeah i totally agree it's almost like it's it's year round now. I mean, yes, sir. Yeah, you're right. Sport, just anything. I mean, it seems like it's basketball, especially, it seems like it never stops. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at, at a smaller school like Thackerville and some of the other schools you've been to, have you seen like an increase in the amount of kids that just want to specialize in one sport? Yes, I, I really have, and you know, and I and, and you know, it, it gets kind of frustrating when you know you've got a really good athlete and. Mm-hmm. He's built to be a football player and, uh, you know, know that this athlete can probably help your program, but, you know, they want to, well, I'm a basketballer. I want to go play college basketball or I want to go play college baseball or, yeah. you know, even, even uh, you know, take it as a football. All they want to do is football, but you know they could be a good baseballer or a good track uh, athlete for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that is put on, you know, the emphasis is put on that by – you know, and I'll probably get in trouble and make some enemies with this, but, you know, the travel ball, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, they want the baseballers to just play baseball or the AAU basketball. Hey, you just need to play basketball and yeah. things like that. 
and uh, you know, and and you you really can't do that in small schools. You have to share the athlete. You know, you might only have eight or ten you know really good athletes, and if you get three or four of those that only wants to specialize, you know, they're not going to help your overall athletic program. And uh, so mm-hmm. I've always, you know, and I've also told the kids, hey, college coaches. When they go out to recruit, they would rather have an athlete that's a two two athlete or a three, uh, I'm sorry, a, a two or three sport athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. they know you've been coached uh, a well-rounded uh, program. You know, with basketball and football and track and mm-hmm. baseball or whatever or wrestling, and and you've had to uh, be around different styles of coaching and different uh, personalities of coaches. Uh, so I think you know. They I, I, well, I know as a matter of fact, college coaches would rather have a two, three, four sport athlete than just a athlete who specializes in one sport. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, that's something I've noticed since I've been back in the coaching is the increase, not just at the school that that I'm at now at Empire, but it seems like everybody. You know, we'll like this summer we were going to basketball camps, and I'd see a kid that from another school, and I'd be like, man, that kid's a I bet he's a pretty good football player and comes to find out he doesn't play football, you know. Yep, so I'm exactly. Like, I mean, that's good for us. We won't have to see that person, but, you know, it's not right. good for the kid, and that's what it's ultimately about is giving the kids just – or having kids that get the experience of doing other things. I mean, because right. it's only four years that you're guaranteed to be playing high school sports. Exactly. You know, might, as well, yep. might as well test them all out. Yep. I completely agree, Coach. Now, what's the um, – I said whenever this comes out, it'll be, you know, a couple of games in the season already. But what's kind of the outlook for Wildcat football this year? Outlook is good. Uh, I think with the returning starters that we have, you know, we lost just a couple of uh, seniors last year and, and really good ones. And and they'll both be hard to replace. But uh, we've got a lot of excitement. We've got a lot of young kids coming up. Uh, most of our team coming back that's experienced and and i think with our uh, non-district games you know we play uh, ryan temple and uh, wilson that those are three games that we can be in and you know we'd like to pull, pull off a couple of uh wins and those to get the season started and then moving to c4 this this year in there with uh you know maysville and uh Sasakwa and graham dustin and bowlegs and maude and uh paola you know it, it's and fox it, you know it can be a competitive district this year but uh i really feel with if we can stay healthy and with the hard work and commitment and determination uh, i think we can be you know one of those top teams in there and uh you know our goal is to host a playoff game yeah uh this year you know first round at home and uh, uh i'm excited about it i'm ready to get started and i know the kids are too so uh, i think the future is going to be good here at thackerville football yeah. Now, being in, in Class C, where you know this is the smallest division of football, how vital? Because you were talking about your summer pride, having a lot of kids. How vital are good numbers for your success? You've got to have, you know, you've got to have numbers. And I know, you know, I coached uh, eleven men in Class A and two A for you know for years and years, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in eight men, it's it's a little different, you know, as far as um, if you've got 16, 18, 20 kids out, that's pretty good depth, yeah. you know, for, mm-hmm. uh, for, for eight man football. And that's going to be our key. Uh, you know, we're going to have probably when it's all said and done and school starts, we're probably going to be around 22, 23 kids. And that's some, uh, some pretty good, uh, depth. 
that's for eight-man football. Yes, it and, is. Uh, and, you know, it, it's really vital that you have those numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if eligibility hurts you or a couple of key injuries, uh, you know, you can just go into the pool and, and next man up. But if you've only got, mm-hmm. you know, ten kids out and three of them go down, well, you're in a world of hurt. So, yeah. And I've been in that boat, too, with 11-man football. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know a few years ago when I was uh, head coach at Hilton, you know, we got down to the point we were down to 11 players mm, yeah. in uh, week five. And we were just trying to make it through week six to have homecoming and get that out of the way. And and yeah. it got to the point that I had 11 kids, and I think six of them were going to be small freshmen. And I just, you know, yeah. I just wasn't going to put those kids through that because I didn't want to ruin them and, yeah, and run absolutely. the program. So we pulled the tr- trigger on, uh, you know, and canceled the rest of the season. So, yeah, those numbers can be very vital to a football program yeah now um one thing i noticed i I can't remember where i saw it i was watching film of uh, thackerville football last year i I was probably playing wilson i think where whatever it was i I saw your new facilities there i mean for those that hadn't been to thackerville um i remember in the past the last time we were there it was the one-sided you know bleachers and the visitor side was kind of right next to the field I mean, kind of talk about the new, all the new stuff you guys got there. Well, we've uh, actually, you know, the field is still uh, just bleachers on one side, mm-hmm. and we're hoping in the future we can get that changed and have a visitor side over there. Uh, but they've added a uh, uh, two years ago a brand new uh, high, uh, gymnasium, mm-hmm. and it, it's state of the art, really one of the best uh, gyms I've seen in a small school area. Uh, hmm. You know, it's it, it's really nice, and uh, a brand new elementary school. That I think at the same time, so it's just a couple of years old, and uh, have updated some of the things as far as you know the field house and the uh, the bleachers and around there. And and our goal is, you know, each year that we can try to uh, add something new, you know. And uh, uh, the field right now is in good shape. You know, we've had it, uh, you know, sprinkler system put in, so we're able to get a lot of water on it. So, mm-hmm. uh, wow. you know, every coach knows and wishes that. You know, they could have the state-of-the-art stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and their goal is to eventually get there. But, you know, hey, we're just going to take it one year at a time and uh, use what we got, take care of what we got. I always tell the kids, hey, if we don't take care of the weight room and the field house right now, uh, they're not even going to think about building you a brand-new one. So, yeah. you know, so that that's kind of our goal is, uh, you know, we've got a new superintendent uh, that's come in. Uh, Mr. Chad Broughton has come in, and he's asked, you know, asked me, and ask the other coaches, hey, what do we need? What uh, what do you guys want? What do we feel like you uh, need to, you know, look to the future and add? And so, you know, that that's that's a good sign that he's wanting to come in and uh, update the facilities and everything. Yep, yep, it sure is. Yeah, it's important to have people in your administration that wants to see improvements to stuff like that. That is pretty good. Right, right. Now, Wildcat Baseball, you're the head coach of uh, Wildcat Baseball. Uh-huh. What's the what, – what was the past season – how did it look, and kind of what are you looking for in the future of the baseball program? Yeah, we had a, we had a good season last year. Uh, I know uh, the last couple of seasons, uh, you know, they'd won two or three games here and there, and mm-hmm. and was really really low on numbers, and uh, was even at one point uh, wondering if they were going to have a baseball program or not. Mm. Uh, and uh, I know Coach Wolf and uh, Coach McCage had them uh, last year before I came in, and and uh, ended up having about 14 
kid come out and play. And this year, uh, we had uh, 16 to 17 playing, and we ended up going uh, 11 and 12, uh, finished runner-up in the district. We went to uh, Coleman and played a really good Coleman baseball team, and they ended up winning it. Yeah. And then we uh, we had eight ball game or seven or eight ball games this summer, and uh, won all of them. So. Uh, you know, that's a good sign. The kids are working hard and they're excited about it. I've got some good baseballers coming up mm-hmm. and uh, we've got two or three really good pitchers, uh, you know, and those guys do play travel ball. So they're getting lots and lots of work out and getting their name out there. And uh, with the schedule we've got coming up for next spring, I feel like there's a, an opportunity to, you know, improve on that 11 win season and, you know, jump up there to around 16, 17, 18 wins and, uh, maybe do something in district. So kind of excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Now you talk about scheduling games. It's, for those that don't know, Thackerville is almost in the Texas going down I-35. There's not really any other small school. There's not really any other schools, period, around you guys. Is that uh, – I mean, it's kind of in a tough spot location-wise. Has that ever been – since you've been there, has it been a problem scheduling games? Well, I really don't have any problems scheduling baseball games because, uh, you know, we do have, you know, Marietta and Turner and Wilson and Hilton and, uh, you know, some of those teams that are uh, fairly close that have baseball. The problem is, you know, trying to schedule football games, especially eight-man games, because, yes, we are right there. You know, we're about five miles from uh, Gainesville. We're just about two miles from the uh, Red River. And even though we are centrally located in the middle of the state, mm-hmm. it's about as far south as you can get. Yeah, yeah. So as it does become a problem trying to schedule other eight-man teams that you might have to travel two and a half to three hours, uh, you know, to play, especially non-district games. Yeah. You know, you might, you might have those district games, you know, for example, you know, this, this past year we had Fox and Ryan and uh, – Payola and Maysville, they're pretty close, but then you've got to jump out and go to, you know, Temple or Mount View Godibo, which is two and a half yeah. hours or more. And, Goodness, yeah. Or, yeah, or the other way and, and go play a Sasakwa or a Graham Dustin, which is three, three and a half hours away. And uh, so it, it, you know, it does, it does cause a problem as far as scheduling, uh, you know, especially junior high games. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. We're not going to travel two and a half, three hours on a Tuesday night or Monday night to go play a junior high game. Yeah, you know, school night and then get home at midnight or one. So, uh, you know, sometimes we have to play teams locally and play home and home. Yeah. You know, for example, Caddo and Zanis, we play them home and home, and uh, you know, there's four games right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember a few years ago, back in the Oh, 2003, four and five, when I was head coach at Sasakwa, I was in that C4 district, and our district games was White Oak and Blue Jacket and Marcoma, mm. and yeah. you know we were we were leaving at uh, 12:30 in the afternoon just so we could get to a game, uh, get to the game site by 5:30. Yeah, you know, which we had four four and a half hour drives, That's so it, it does become a problem. But you know the thing I I liked about what I'm hearing is there's a lot more teams wanting to start eight-man programs oh, yeah. uh, and some in this area. So that would help out a lot. Yeah, yeah, it sure would. Yeah. Now talk about some of the other stops you've been, you mentioned Sasaka. Uh, what's some of the memorable moments you've had from, you've had from other schools? 
Oh, I've been, you know, I've been in this game forever. Like I said, this is my 35th year. And, uh, you know, Sasaka was a good trip, uh, a, a good experience because we took over that program. They were 0 40. <laughs> and, uh, we pushed it up to 0 46, you know, before we won a game. But, uh, uh, I told them, I said, Hey, give me, give me three years. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I just knew that with some hard work and dedication from these kids yeah. that they could, they could, proved to themselves that they could get in the playoffs and and the third year we did get in the playoffs so that was the first time Sasako had been in the playoffs so that's kind of uh a uh, a great memory for me and oh I spent two uh two times at, at Stratford uh spent one year or I'm sorry one uh the first time five years there being an assistant and learned a lot of good football from some really good you know uh football coaches Jay Wood and uh, Larry Marlowe and uh, uh, people like those guys. And, uh, then I went back a few years later as, as head football coach and had a great, uh, you know, experience there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hilton uh, ended up coming down to Hill. Well, first of all, at uh, Wayne, I was at Wayne for five years, and uh, that was from um, oh, 2010 to or 2000. I'm sorry, it was 2007 through 2011 and uh first year there with the sharp brothers we uh went one and nine and then five years later we're state champions yeah i was gonna and say i was so, hoping you were gonna bring that up <laughs> yeah so uh, it was a great run there great staff great yeah. kids uh my youngest son ended up playing for three years at wayne and he was part of that that kind of got the ball rolling mm-hmm. you know a part of those kids that got the, the program going in the right direction and uh, and then we won state championship there. So from there, that led to the Hilton gig and uh, was there for eight years and had some great runs, some great athletes that came through Hilton and, yeah. you know, uh, made the playoffs uh, of the eight years, I think six out of the eight years in the second round. So, you know, those are some great memories and uh, places that I've been uh, coaching football. Would you say, I mean, you've coached 11 man and eight man. Do you have like a, a one that you enjoy coaching more? No, to tell you the truth, hey, football's football. Yeah. In both of them, you still got to block and tackle. And uh, I know a lot of eight-man coaches and programs get, you know, they get that. Well, it's just eight-man. Well, I mean, you know, you still got to, you still got to have blocking schemes, and you still got to cover, and you still got to tackle, and you still got to block, whether it's eight or eleven. Yeah. So, uh, no. Now, sometimes an eight-man, I get to missing those three extra players that I. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like, hey, I wish I had those three guys over there. But, yeah. uh, but no, I really don't have a preference. I, you know, I've been to uh, large school, uh, coached one year in J, and you know, we were four or five A at that time, and I've I've been in Class C, and it's, you know, it's all the same. Uh, anywhere you go, like we always say, some, most of the time it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmys and Joes that you have. So, uh, yeah, uh, I like both of them. I really do. I like both of them. Good deal. Um, now, with the changes coming to the lower classes in football, you know, they're splitting up. I, are they splitting up C, too, or is it just B? No, I, I think it's just B. I think they're okay. going to go uh, B, two division, division one, division two, mm-hmm. and then class C will be the uh, the lowest 32 teams. Do you uh, – what do you think about that? Do you think that's going to be – because I've heard both sides of it. I've heard it'll be good because some of the teams, kind of like us here at Empire, will be able to hopefully – or maybe able to drop down back back in the eight man. 
And then there's some that will say, oh, now it's just going to be watered down with, you know, 20-something state champions. What, what, right. What, how do you kind of look at that? Well, here, here's my philosophy. We as coaches and, and educators say we're in this for the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, it, and it is. It's all about the kids. So the more opportunities that more kids have to participate in sports and be successful, I think the better it is. Yeah. And – and yes, you are correct, especially in that upper division. Now you're always going to have, you know, the the bottom, uh, the smaller schools being in in Class C. Mm-hmm. I feel like this will also give some of these schools that want to start football an opportunity to. Uh, you know, I've heard of. So I'm not going to mention any names right now because they may not want it out. But I've I've, I've heard of three or four or five schools around this area that would love to start football. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to be stuck in there with, uh, you know, the Doers and the Walikas and yeah. uh, Shattuck. And some yeah. of those guys are just going to beat the tar out of them. Yeah. And and this also, you know, gives them an opportunity to start football. Also, you've got programs such as yourself. You mm-hmm. said they're at Empire. And uh, some of these schools that are on the verge of could go 11-man or go 8-man. And get booted up to 11 men, but still only have 13 kids out for football. Yeah. But, but they have 160 kids, you know, mm-hmm. on the ADM. And, uh, I know, for example, I'm going to, I mentioned Wayne while ago, Wayne is one of those schools that, uh, great program has had great success, but they're at that point now where they hit that cycle of no, uh, boys in school in classes yeah. And they may only have 12 kids out for football this year. Yeah. And that's hard for them to compete. But oh, yeah. yet, because of their ADM, they have to stay 11 unless they want to go independent eight-man, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so that would give those some of those schools, such as, like I said, Empire, the Waynes, the, you know, Tallahena had to drop their football program for next year yeah. because of low numbers. So that would give those schools still an opportunity to at least drop down to eight man and, and at least uh, keep their program going and not get their program dropped or killed. Yeah. See, that's one thing I've said about, you know, forcing teams to move up. I mean, I know that they're looking at that ADM, but I, I wish there was a way that they could look at the participation that each program has. I know that you could, there right. would be people that would cheat on that, but still, I mean, you, yeah. you're going to, what's going to happen is you're going to, if you, if they didn't change it, you're going to have programs not finishing seasons. You know, exactly, or just dropping programs completely. Right, and you know, I remember back in the day, Walika, when I was when I was in high school, we'd have sixteen, eighteen kids out for eleven uh, man football. Mm-hmm. But Morrison at that time was making the big, you know, yeah. winning it six, seven, eight times in a row, and they'd have forty kids in their picture. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but their ADM was in the eighties. But mm-hmm. every boy came out and played football. You know, so. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now let's let's shift gears a little bit. Something that's always kind of interested me about you is your acting career. <laughs> how did how did uh, you how in the world did you get involved in acting? In acting, well, yeah. that kind of started in high school when uh, I made a trip to Silver Dollar City and went to see the outdoor theater uh, presentation of Shepherd of the Hills. Okay. And, and of course, I've always been a big movie buff, even when I was little, and that's. You know, John Wayne movies and westerns, and, and that's just something that was always intrigued me. So mm-hmm. I began acting in, you know, of course, our high school plays. But even in college, uh, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I actually majored in drama. 
really uh my first couple of years and did a lot of uh i went to swasu in weatherford uh for those of you who don't know what Swasu is, that's Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford. Yeah. And got involved in the theater department out there. And okay. then uh, transferred to East Central and stayed with it and kind of caught the acting bug. And, uh, you know, just like every other young man who wanted to be an actor, had those dreams of going to Hollywood, yeah. Yeah. doing movies and get a TV series. Well, you know, then in the early 20s you know reality set in and next thing i know i had a wife and two kids and that kind of (laughs) kind of blew that so i went into coaching and teaching instead so uh but here recently uh i've you know they're they're shooting a lot more movies in oklahoma Mm -hmm. uh, now and one day i just thought you know uh, uh there was a ad or an advertisement uh for looking for extras for the movie uh I can only imagine with Dennis Quaid okay. that came out three or four, you know, four or five years ago and, uh, hollered at the casting agency and, uh, sent them some stuff and they said, yeah, come on up. So I got involved in that movie and got to meet, you know, uh, work with Dennis Quaid and, uh, Trace Adkins and, and see some of those guys and it may not to get to meet these, a lot of these a actors personally, but you get to be around them and yeah. see them and, and, and hear them. And, and that just kind of, I've led to uh, the next one, which was uh, the Chickasaw Rancher, that was that's still on Netflix right now. Okay. And uh, got a chance to work with uh, uh, Tommy Flanagan, who everybody knows was in uh, Sons of Anarchy and Braveheart mm-hmm. and uh, Gladiator and some of these movies. And great guy. Uh, we both played outlaws. He was our, my my. The, my boss so oh, i did several good. scenes with scenes with him and sit and visited with him and then you know that's the thing on these movie sets is a lot of these actors you know you think will just go off to their trailer or back to their hotel or whatever but no they'll go sit under the tent or the shade tree with you and eat dinner and visit with you and, huh. and end up being some nice nice you know some nice people so, yeah uh, is there anything else that you're gonna that you're in or yeah, I did another movie uh, a couple summers ago. We shot, uh, matter of fact, we shot our scenes uh, just outside of Bray Doyle. Uh, oh, there's wow. a little uh, old western town over there, and we shot, it, it's called The Pale Door. And uh, it's got some uh, stars in it that everybody has seen on lots of movies. Uh, you know, they probably wouldn't recognize their names right now, but one yeah. one guy that had the lead, he's, uh, he's one of the leads on uh, the new magnum pi show okay okay yeah and uh and then um so we shot that it's a western it was kind of a western horror movie you know yeah uh, that you know I, I spent a couple of days shooting that but probably the highlight was last summer uh or not uh yeah last summer i went and shot a couple of scenes in the uh, killers of the flower moon oh yeah that's that big uh the the is it scorsese Yes, yeah, Martin Scorsese wow. and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and oh, wow. uh, several. And that was shot up at uh, Paul Huska and uh, Fairfax and that area. And uh, so as a matter of fact, uh, right after the coaches clinic was over, I left the coaches clinic and stayed up there two or three more days and shot two or three scenes in that. And uh, so that's, an, you know, that's one of those that could probably be nominated for an Academy Award. And, oh, wow. You know, 
that would be a check off my bucket list. I would say know? so. And but <laughs> hey, I hope it does, and I hope you win, so I can say I've had a person on the podcast that's won an Academy well, Award. Well, that, that, that would be great to have an Academy Award winning movie under my belt, even though I'm just a you know a, a minor background actor in it. But hey, I'll take it. Yeah, shoot, but, uh, shoot, yeah, yeah. But uh, probably the biggest one uh, I was really excited about was 1883. Oh, okay, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I went down. Uh, last right after football started in the fall to weatherford texas and filmed a couple of scenes uh civil war scenes so if you've seen 1883 uh the flashback that tim mcgraw has he's walking across the battlefield you'll see me laying there uh real close by him and uh made sure i I made sure this time i got camera time and facetime (laughs) yeah in Chickasaw Rancher, I died, but I died face down. And I oh. said, if I ever do it again, I'm going to die face up and facing the camera. There you so go. That's what I did. So, <laughs> but, yeah, I got to work with Sam Elliott and, uh, you know, uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Tim McGraw. And, you know, I didn't get, get a chance to get close to them and meet them because with those guys, they would we would shoot our scenes and they would hustle them back to the trailers and stuff like that. But yeah. around them close enough to, you know, uh, see them and, and and everything and that was that was a great experience i i really 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 enjoyed that one uh, that's pretty cool you know my my wife does um yes she's uh, a, I she, yeah she does community theater community theater stuff and she's always trying to get me involved in it and i'm like uh, i'll just I'll, I'll i'll be behind the camera or behind the microphone that, that's yeah. more, my, more my speed but she actually she had an opportunity she went up to something in Oklahoma City a few months ago, and uh, Kristen Chenoweth was there. Oh, yeah. And she was real stoked about meeting her, and she had went out in the lobby. My wife had went out in the lobby, and she just happened to catch uh, Kristen Chenoweth coming out, mm-hmm. getting into the elevator. And she's like, oh, here's my chance to go meet her. I wasn't with her, but she was telling me the story. She'll tell anything on herself. Oh, yeah. And... uh she ran over to say hi to her and she was standing, you know, before the doors closed and she said she just froze. Couldn't say all, all she could get out was high. And that was, was high. <laughs> so I was like, Hey, yeah. way to go. I'm sure she probably was like looking for her security or something. Oh, I bet, yeah. I bet she enjoyed that though. <laughs> yeah. Now, before I let you go, I always got one question I ask at the end. Okay. Uh-huh. In your opinion, what is the best movie of all time? Uh, that's that's a good question. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say any of them that I was in. <laughs> you know, for years and years and years, I always thought, thought the original True Grit with John Wayne was one of the best movies. Mm-hmm. But I would have to go right now with with Tombstone. I mean, really? okay, yeah. I mean, I'm a big Kurt Russell fan, but mm-hmm. you know, that's an all star cast, and that's probably one of the uh, most quotable movies yeah, that, absolutely. you know absolutely my wife my, everybody <laughs> my, uh, you know even to this day somebody will say something and i'll go say when you know, <laughs> or, you know everybody's got their little uh oh I, my wife has said to me i'm your huckleberry yeah. <laughs> I, I, I even that's almost like I, I know when she's gonna say it oh yeah you know. and my, my kids hate watching the movie with me because i I recite the I, I recite the dialogue, you know, and they're like, "Would you just <laughs> shut up and let us listen to the movie?" Yeah. So, <laughs> oh. but, you know, I would have to. I would, right now, I have to go with Tombstone. That's that's one that I really just enjoy the heck out of, and it's one of those that anytime you're flipping through the channels and you see it, 
you know, mm. you got to stop watching. Yep, I know what you mean. Well, Coach, I've taken up enough of your time. I really appreciate you doing it, and uh, good luck on uh, your acting career and the upcoming season. Well, thank you very much, and uh, good luck with, uh, you know, your, your uh, job there with the uh, Empire Bulldogs, and I wish you guys the best of luck this season, and uh, you're moving up, and I think you guys will be successful, and I appreciate you having me on, Coach. I bet Coach Barrett is one of those coaches that kids remember in a positive way, like he's made a positive impact on their life. Just from the conversations I've had with him, I wouldn't hesitate to call Coach Barrett up and ask him questions because he genuinely seems like he's the type of person that wants you to succeed. And that's a huge part in what coaching is about. It's not the X's and the O's. It's instilling a sense of working towards a goal and succeeding in that goal and what to do if you don't achieve that goal. Thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches. That's Kenny with an E. Until next time.